0: This is the K-12 Engineering Education Podcast, Season 3. Welcome back to another installment of the show, a podcast that features discussions and stories about how to teach and learn engineering throughout kindergarten, all the way up through high school and beyond. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host and resident engineer, Pius Wong. Today, educational consultant Rachel Farrig is joining me again to co-host as we talk about math anxiety. What's up, Rachel?
1: Hi, fires.
0: Welcome to 2018. This is Woo-hoo! season three of the Happy podcast. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's also Chinese New Year. When I we're, know. Uh... I
1: just got an email from my son's teacher. She <laughs> gave them little gifts.
0: Oh, what, what yeah, did like you Yeah, like the whole school. Little, like, lucky red envelopes or something? or It's a
1: red envelope with, with a little money? bit of money in hey, it. because yeah.
0: we Chinese people, we appreciate money, I guess.
1: <laughs> well, we white people appreciate money, too. I'm just promoting stereotypes.
0: <laughs> yeah, we all appreciate money. <laughs> yeah, money universal. that this podcast But it was not unexpected. Make, but... Yeah, no, that's cool. It was
1: very kind and very lucky. We're lucky yeah. to have her in our lives.
0: Nice, nice. And You're the dog. The, yes, the year of the dog, because so, they're hardworking,
1: Right. So Kobe and Bo will both be happy.
0: <laughs> yes, our dogs can can be happy this year, and <laughs> yeah. we'll see what they can do. It's all do. about them. Yes. Oh, man. All right. Well, we are starting out a new season. Thank yes. you for joining me on this. Season three. Season three. A lot of stuff has happened, I think, since our last year of mm-hmm. stuff. I took a little break since the winter time, and now we're back. hmm and I wanted to start off this season broaching kind of a big topic that we might be able to narrow down.
1: We can have some follow-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay.
0: I want to talk about anxiety in general, specifically anxiety in engineering education, oh. which may manifest as math anxiety. I feel like most mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking about this, Rachel, because I'm teaching math right now to a bunch of students. Yeah. And it's 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 cool because. Like any group of of students, like you you've taught lots of students yourself, so you know this. There's like a wide range of attitudes towards math and problem solving. Sometimes there are people who just jump right in and they don't care about making mistakes, and then there's others who might know stuff and they freeze up during tests, and then there's others who just feel lots of anxiety. You just walk
1: in and you see the problem and you're over it already.
0: Yeah, which I imagine is not very helpful if you're going to be studying engineering.
1: It's not. And I, so beyond um, teaching students with math anxiety, I have math anxiety.
0: Have, you say that in present tense.
1: Present, because it doesn't ever go away. Really? So there are accommodations that you can get in your learning, um, either self- Uh, self-found, I guess, accommodations, things that um, you discover that help you um, muddle through a math problem, or sometimes they're prescribed by, you know, a state or a learning plan or whatever it happens to be. Sometimes you just have a really, really excellent teacher who gets you and they know how to teach things multiple ways. Mm. Um, But essentially, it. The the root cause, that anxiety, doesn't ever fully get eliminated.
0: You say that you have math anxiety. What does yes. that feel like for someone who doesn't
1: know what that is? Well, imagine that you have to accomplish a small problem. Let's say loading the dishwasher. Uh-huh. So you have a sink full of dishes and they have to go in the dishwasher and get washed. That's, that's pretty much it, right? Now, we all know that there are multiple ways to make that happen. How many marriages <laughs> argue over the right way to load a dishwasher or parents who Argue with their kids or hey, whatever I, I it get is. It. I
0: get it. I grew up not having one. Chinese people don't use a dishwasher. So speaking of Chinese news. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, I would probably have disagreements about that.
1: Yeah. And even, well, even if you sometimes too, this piece has to be hand washed. Why? Because mm. it has to be. Why? Because I said so. There's nothing wrong with putting it in the dishwasher, whatever it turns into an argument. And so because there are so many different methods of solving problems, and depending on what class you're in, so I think about the difference between solving some problems algebraically versus solving them geometrically versus solving them trigonometrically, which that's telling you my age because (laughs) those were the maths that I studied in high school. You can... Take a problem and solve it any of those three different ways, but only one is right, in air quotes, for that specific course. Hmm. So there's a sense of memorizing the rules and the processes and the, uh, the theory behind it, but I can tell you when my math anxiety started. When? Multiplication tables in third grade. Explain. I was paralyzed with fear that I could not get the right answer in the allotted time. Multiplication tables and recall actions are often timed activities. Even now, for simple, um, you know, single digit addition and subtraction Mm -hmm. problems, students will get worksheets of somewhere between 15 and 50 addition or subtraction problems, and they have to complete it in a certain amount of time. Now, I get that there is some argument for expediency and the need for immediate recall, especially once you get into higher higher level mathematics. It is incredibly difficult, if not near impossible, to teach someone advanced calculus if they're still doing out three by three or 27 divided by nine on their fingers or with a calculator. I get that. But when we are drilling so hard that it's making kids unable to function at those higher levels, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't know what the balance is. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the solution is. What I do know is Doing those kinds of things made math so hard for me to accomplish. Even though I took advanced mathematics in high school, I had to have extra help, extra tutoring. I went back to former math teachers and said, can you teach me this new concept in the old way that you used to teach me because I can't get it from this new teacher? Mm. Now, granted, I had a lot of agency. I was also very outspoken. I had no concept of um, that students shouldn't approach teachers to ask for extra help. I just did what I needed to do. I'm I'm pretty bold. I was then and I am now. Um, but it definitely, it affected me all through my childhood. I would spend hours, literally hours, like, two, three, sometimes four hours a night on my 15 math problems because I just couldn't get through the process. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I couldn't understand it. And then I would become so overwhelmed by my own frustration Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that it essentially sucks all the knowledge from your brain. You forget what you just learned because all you can do is try to cope.
0: So there's like a... Feeling of stress, deer in headlights kind of thing, where you lose yeah, the knowledge drowning. that you had. I drowning. would say
1: drowning. And when you're
0: drowning, you aren't thinking about. No, what is I'm not three thinking about. Oh,
1: swim, swim perpendicularly to the riptide. Huh, okay. I No, I don't even know what this symbol means.
0: Sure, sure.
1: So yeah, it's it's a real thing, and it's really difficult. And um, so, for example, when I first started college. I had an environmental engineering major, Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. because I struggled so much with math and I started college at a time when we still did this, I wasn't given support. I was weeded out.
0: Mm. Wow.
1: And that does still bug me.
0: Hey, in this short break, I want to say thank you to the spectacular listeners who helped fund this podcast ever since Season 1, Season 2, and now Season 3. If you like what I'm doing with my independent studio, Pios Labs, and with this show, keep on listening, keep on tweeting me, and if you'd like, donate to Pios Labs on Patreon as well. Go onto your browser and type in patreon.com slash Pios Labs to donate. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash P-I-O-S-L-A-B-S. It's also in the show notes. Thanks. Rachel, I heard you say three things there which stood out to me. First of all, I noticed that you are an example of someone who could experience strong anxiety about one particular thing and yet you're not anxious about going out and speaking to the professor or to the teacher, which would have been the opposite for me probably Interesting. When I was yeah, yeah, because I was a shy kid. I don't want to go to my professor and argue about my grade or like get into a special uh, class or anything. No,
1: but if Back you then, don't do learn, if you're not learning and you know that you want to do well, wouldn't you – sure yeah yeah it's a
0: that's the logical decision exactly. you know but that anxiety would make me oh, throw logic I out see the window what you're saying that's what i mean yeah. but like so so that's just an interesting observation that okay. someone can have anxiety in kind of specific mm-hmm. domains you also talked about how two things seem to be sources of stress for you or or sources of anxiety one was like the different choices that you can make In solving a math problem because when you open that can of worms of solving a math problem you could solve it a whole bunch of ways and I've noticed that by the way in teaching some of my class some of my classes some of my students might be a little overwhelmed or anxious about having all these different ways to solve a problem and you have to help whittle down the the choices Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what's that called not anxiety, elimination. Choice. Well, like, you know how you've heard of those sociological studies where you go to a supermarket and you have like a million oh, choices for yeah, potato yeah, chips. Yes. It makes you not want to buy any yeah. of them. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I'm going to leave this behind. I'm so kind overwhelmed of. that I am going to ignore yeah, like, it. What if
0: I choose the wrong potato chip? When yep. really, any of them are fine, probably. So sure. it's kind of like this grab bag of math solution strategies. Sure. It's like, what if I choose that wrong one? And I, th-
1: I think, I don't think that I was given good solution strategies. I went to school in a time in a place where this way was the way That's it you, you taught
0: they were taught giving you one way to thing, solve this yep. problem
1: but uh. if they if any of the teachers and teachers are human if they accidentally missed a step or if they mm. didn't explain a step in a way that I could latch on to, mm-hmm. oh well, that's tough for me
0: Well that sucks That's cause... the
1: explanation you have and you only get two examples
0: Wow. So Math builds on itself, so that would be horrible because then you and they
1: teach so another problem that I have is fluidity and context. Typically we teach algebra first. Because it does have a lot of those foundational skills, manipulating variables, for example, um, understanding uh, the relationship between a numerical sentence mm-hmm. and what it looks like on a graph. Yeah. So when we're looking at graphical information, we can understand the mathematical function behind it. I didn't put that together, honestly, until I was in my early 30s. Dang and i took algebra the last time i took algebra i was not yet 20. so (laughs) it took a long time and a lot of space and um sort of different contexts for me to understand oh this is a function and -hmm. this is how we represent it and that's what that means so maybe and maybe I'm assuming that things have changed significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this isn't a back-in-the-day story. I, I'm all about, um, you know, innovation and change in education. But I know that that sort of um, conceptual understanding is not occurring with – Uh, regularity and with high fidelity. Like
0: not every school across the country would. Exactly. Okay.
1: Some, uh, educators are still relying on here's a problem. Here's how to solve it. Period. Now go practice 50 of these without any sort of context or relevance or why, you know, why would I use this? And certainly I taught science. I heard plenty of when am I ever going to use yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. You have to be very, very um, explicit, I would say, in mathematics instruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that would have helped my anxiety a lot. Even Connecting at, e- it to
0: the real world? Yes,
1: or? even going back again to that third grade multiplication tables, First of all, yeah, there probably should have been some flexibility in the timing, but understanding the bigger picture of how all these pieces sort of fit together and why three times four is twelve and why nine times whatever is whatever it is. Yeah. Um,
0: do you, th- do you think that? giving students more ways to visualize or or abstract or think about these math concepts, do you think that gives them more choices to freak out over? Or, for example, we're teaching negative numbers right now, and you could think about negative numbers in many ways, mm-hmm. with money, with directions, with... You know, Othello pieces that are black and white. I like doing that. But, like, I noticed that, yeah, that what method, one method that may work for someone may not work for someone else. Yeah. And if you show all of these methods, maybe that's overwhelming. I don't know.
1: It could be, but I think it's more likely that showing more options will include and engage and reach more people okay. than not. You're likely to turn on more people. Ah than you are to turn off.
0: Okay, okay. Because you don't need to know every single method, but maybe you find that one that works for you. And
1: if you don't show me, let's say there are five methods to solving a specific problem, and you only show me two, but for some reason I latch on to, let's say another teacher years later, shows me methods three, four, and five, Mm -hmm. and it was method number four that not only made sense for that specific context, but also made it possible for me to see the links between that particular concept and other related concepts, well, then you've expanded my learning just by showing me one additional method.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, well, I want to go to the third thing you had mentioned that we mentioned several times, the timing issue. I mean, I I can, I I know that feeling of like a time test. It's it's related to test anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we taught an engineering class at the college here in Texas where, you know, you had to do circuits and do math all within this hour. And Mm -hmm. it was like diffusing a bomb, like with all the wires and everything. And if you didn't do it in time, you would get like (laughs) a C. It blows up. No, seriously. The metaphorical explosion of getting a C or a D on the lab. Of course. And that's really anxiety inducing. It is. And so there, I assume that, the way we ran that class, I didn't choose to run that, but that's just how the department ran it. There was a decision to do that, just that I guess they decided that there was value in teaching people to do some kind of mathematical work or scientific work in a time mm-hmm. limit, mm-hmm. Just, like, just like how we have time limits for the SAT, for midterms. Sure. How do you balance that, like giving people a time limit and teaching people to work under pressure with teaching them to have math anxiety for the rest of their lives. What's that balance?
1: I don't know, to be honest. Um,
0: Maybe it's different for different people. It
1: it for sure is. And for me, so for example, I learned how to do most of my multiplication tables and we did up through 12 times 12. Mm -hmm. In other schools, they did up through 15 times 15. It just depended. Um, so even now, if you asked me to do 11 times whatever, I don't know because <laughs> it wasn't on my or, – or 13 times whatever, I guess yeah, I should yeah, yeah. say, because it wasn't on my learning radar. Right. Um, but what I had to learn how to do – and again, this is an accommodation um, – there were some sets of numbers that I just didn't learn as well. And even now, I still kind of have to count them out on my fingers. So sevens and nines were – Exceptionally hard for me. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but if you know, if the if the uh, the problem comes up, what is seven times six? I don't know. I really have to think about it. I know now that it's forty two, but I Mm -hmm. had to have some extra think time. I hope it's forty two. What's really
0: interesting is that you might have had trouble with that, but you knew that you had trouble with that, which was the key. Uh, or most important feature, I feel. like Because mm-hmm. sometimes some people don't know things, and they exactly. don't know they don't know things. Well, and that's the most dangerous thing for engineers.
1: I don't know that I'm always a good comparison. I was always pretty self-aware and self-reflective as a learner, as a student, even as a small child. Not every child is. And maybe the answer, or maybe one of the possible solutions, is allowing children to recognize their own strengths and their own challenges and then asking them what might help you with those challenges or can we work around those challenges or do we just have to accept that challenge as it is and build up other areas to compensate. Hmm. So I can do other groups of multiplication just fine. I just take longer with sevens and nines. But I mean, it worked out okay. I ended up with multiple college degrees, and I can balance a checkbook and do some algebra here and there, you know, calculate how many bags of of roof tiles I need for replacing my roof or whatever. So I got there. I made it okay. But… I also recognized that I'm going to need more time here, or I don't do this part well, or I have to do this part out on paper. And so maybe walking, walking students through their own, um, their own accommodations and their own methods of making up for those weaker areas. Maybe that's a way to not only, um, improve their learning process, but also help ease that anxiety. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't have to be perfect at every single part of this, because I can make it up over here, and Mm -hmm. I'm still gonna get good grades, I'm still going to get the right amount of learning, I'm gonna understand this concept, and I'm going to be able to apply it later.
0: Thank you, Rachel. I think that we are almost done. I just want to talk about what's upcoming for this year. What topics uh, do you think we should cover? Teaching
1: in alternative environments.
0: Oh, all right. Alternative environments, including... All right, we're going to do that. So stay tuned. We, we have some viewpoints about that. And uh, especially how you teach STEM classes in prison. Yeah. I know that school choice is a big old buzzword for this year mm-hmm. and last year and mm-hmm. probably for the next and couple of years. For,
1: yep. In the long past and in the long future, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Now I know that some of us on this podcast are in real life professional positions where they cannot just talk about every single thing that they want to talk about. But I am not in one of those positions and I can say whatever I want. So <laughs> that's what we're going to do. I, I'm going to work with Southern, our other special guest co-host, to do kind of an introduction to engineering Ooh. in general. We're going to pilot nice. some of the episodes here. And then if you want to learn about mechanical engineering and not go to college for it, well, you can get a preview of it on this podcast. Um, so stay tuned for that as well. Nice. Yeah. Why
1: don't you tell them the good stuff, though? The other thing. The big right. thing. Well, the
0: fun they, ha- thing. they have to listen to After the Credits. I think the music will be playing by now.
1: <laughs> well, then stay tuned. Everybody knows you're supposed to sit through the credits.
0: Did you want to look up more about anything that Rachel or I have mentioned today? Well, just check the show notes for this episode, and I'll have some links and other info up. Don't miss out on new episodes coming out. Subscribe on your favorite podcast player and leave me some reviews on iTunes or Stitcher to help others find the show too. Also, I can't say enough how gratifying it is to get little tweets and emails and other messages saying you've enjoyed particular episodes, so keep them coming. Find the show, find Rachel, find me on Twitter, Facebook, etc. Get all the details at the podcast website, k12engineering.net. Our closing music in this episode is from Late for School by Tour under a Creative Commons attribution license. The K-12 Engineering Education Podcast is a production of Pios Labs, and you can support Pios Labs at patreon.com slash Pios Labs.
1: after the credits this like, is what ooh, you get
0: this is it's like the blooper reel exactly you can hear all my uhs and likes all in one oh take oh my
1: gosh i just realized <laughs> that i have started saying like a lot again i got rid of it and it's back
0: my brother had said that you have a very good radio voice the other day did he really yeah, yeah, yeah. which so, brother uh linus
1: Aww. i don't know if i can name drop on thanks, here thanks but... linus yeah but is he, he's still in asia
0: uh, yes, he's doing the software engineering in Asia type thing. Shout
1: out to Linus. Yeah, yeah. Be safe, bro.
0: The life of an engineer, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I agree. Well, we are in the post-show notes. Yes. The most important thing is that whoever's listening should know, we are at- Drum roll. <laughs> South by Southwest, Woo! EDU. South
1: by EDU. Wow. where did that come from? You should <laughs>
0: do the audio branding for them. like. <laughs> Like how NBC has that. I
1: don't think they want me to do that. Uh, but no,
0: we're doing a lot of things actually once yeah. more. We have, first of all, a podcasting meetup. Yes. A, a podcasting for education meetup.
1: Networking and, and learning. learning opportunities. Yeah, yeah.
0: Finding people who you want to learn from. Getting maybe ideas. Create a podcast with if you want to work I with know, us. Right. Or if you want to share learn how your to ideas. Share your ideas, learn how to teach your students using podcasts. Using
1: podcasts. podcasts.
0: Um, oh yeah, I have a podcaster in a future episode coming Ooh. up actually. So besides that meetup where you will meet us and other people, we also have a workshop. A full on
1: workshop, yes.
0: It's uh, what's it called? It's called designing lessons. Yes. Using tips from improv and, and engineering. And engineering, exactly.
1: So it's fun and it's smart. And it's useful.
0: It's yours truly, including Rachel and me, as well as a local improv trainer here in I'm Austin. A yep. Yeah. Yep. Amar will be helping us out and it's going to be real fun. And so besides that, uh, I'm doing a book signing. Shameless
1: plug. <laughs> Couldn't be prouder.
0: Yeah. No, just take a look at my, my reference guide. It's engineer's guide to improv and art games yes. and. I can play some with you. It's if you available
1: want. in on Amazon
0: in print. Yeah, on in Amazon print, as well yeah. as an ebook. Yes, uh, on Amazon. I and, have both.
1: <clears> oh, <throat> get, thank you. get both. Get both.
0: Yeah, it's on sale. It's actually it's lower It's really priced.
1: actually. I, so I keep it at work, and I work in an educational environment, but not around students. We guide administrators toward improving their schools, but I share that book. With all of my colleagues, and they have shared some of those strategies with their administrative teams that they're supporting. Thank you. (laughs) We get great feedback. Cool.
0: Ooh, we're gonna do one of the methods that are in the book inside our workshop. Yeah, we're gonna do empathic lead user analysis, Mm -hmm. but for educational classrooms. Yeah. That'll be interesting. It will. Yeah. Um, So I think that's it. I'm also going to be poking around with my microphone trying to find little stories at South by EDU. So if you got any leads that you don't want public, just email me silently and I'm officially going to be a journalist. for Or
1: if you know someone who wants to talk, let us know and let them know. Have them seek us out or we'll go find them.
0: We are definitely meeting people for the podcast at South by. So come by. Yeah. We'd love to have you. I can't wait. Thanks.
1: Thank you.